así, así como uno puede sentir El hechizo de la luna que te mece como cuna Con su fuerza se enredó la pervertida Oye, cuando puedas, una copa para mí Oye, cuando puedas, oso Good day, everyone. I'm, I'm really honored today to uh, talk to Benji Molina, Major League Baseball player, World Series winner, just an amazing guy. And, uh, you know, great accomplishments on the field. And, I mean, I'm really inspired by what he's doing off the field, helping youth, um, just working with people, just a super positive guy. You know, I, I uh, started following Benji on Twitter after I had read his book. And uh, I stumbled upon his book at the library. So I was walking through the library looking for some books, I, I think, for a trip. Um, at the time, I, had, uh, I was volunteering with uh, my nephew David's Little League team. And um, through that, I, I saw the book. And, and my nephew David is, you know, he's playing catcher. He's really passionate about that. And uh, he's like, you know, plays baseball, among other things, golf and things of that nature. My, my niece plays softball. I can't can't forget to uh, include her in there and she's you know doing really well with that and um, just stumbled across the book and of course I know the Molinas being in St. Louis and you know Yadier's you know lifetime cardinal and it's just really great to you know see what he's done and watch him over the years and I saw the book uh, about their father so Benji I, I'd known of Benji just from playing fantasy baseball and things like that uh, you know, a few years that I've done so and knew some of his accomplishments on the field and one of the cool stories with, with Benji was he played um, he played for the San Francisco Giants and you know caught ten, Tim Lincecum and uh, you know two uh, two back-to-back Cy Young award-winning years and I mean just amazing for you know the battery to do that it's just you know more than just the pitcher the catcher is so important in that and don't always get the credit benji was also involved it what i feel is an interesting piece of baseball history in uh 2010 he played for the giants and was traded uh, i think mid to late season to the texas rangers and so of course that year uh, the giants went to the world series as well as the rangers and uh, the Giants won that, but uh, the interesting thing about it was, and I, I I knew this, I think the announcers had mentioned, but um, you know either way Benji was going to get a ring. The Giants wound up winning the World Series, but because of his contribution during the regular season to the Giants, he received uh, a World Series ring for that. So a really interesting piece of uh, baseball history, and that's you know this is part of the fun part of baseball and uh, the stories and some of the little nuances. So yeah, it's an interesting piece of history, and it's uh, it's cool that Benji played a part in that. Pretty amazing how that happens, and it's great to see such a great guy get awarded, you know, for, for the hard work he put into the season to get the team there. And just, just amazing. So honored to have spoken to him, and, you know, his book is about his father's, the lessons that his father's taught, the, um, the influence his father had, just the sacrifices that his father made, to help him get to the major leagues and to help him become the man that he is. So it's just, you know, it's just very, very inspiring. And I'd like to dedicate this uh, podcast, this episode to, uh, to my dad, um, Ken Calcaterra senior. I've, I've talked about before. He, uh, he's on one of the episodes with, uh, with uncle Frank, they were talking about some of their times in the Navy. So check that out. But he's, uh, he's fighting cancer right now. And, um, just, you know, my heart goes out to him and, uh, I know he'll enjoy this conversation with Benji. He was really stoked when I told him that uh, I had uh, had booked Benji and, you know, really thankful to Benji for 
for giving me some time. I say that many times and, you know, very, very humbled by the experience and just, you know, can't, can't thank him enough. Uh, and thanking, speaking of thank yous, you know, always, as always thanking the sponsors and thank you to all the sponsors who, uh, you know, help me put this show together. Dr. Mark Holland has, has been here since the beginning. He knows my pop as well. And, you know, been friends with, with Dr. Holland for many years. He's very supportive and, uh, you know, just always looking to help people. Just like Benji, uh, Benji's always willing to uh, extend this as positive energy. That is Dr. Mark Holland. Um, you know, you should check him out. First Capital Chiropractic is uh, one of the offices that he uh, he oversees. Uh, he has great colleagues, you know, always like uh, getting an adjustment from Dr. G over in St. Charles or, you know, all the other doctors that are in his uh, in his little network there. You know, they've got five St. Louis area locations and uh, just great people. Everyone's great people. So check him out at mystlouischiropractor.com as well as uh, the site for First Capital Chiropractic. I'll include the links on the show description, so yeah, you don't have to remember anything. Also want to thank Javier Mendoza for uh, his contribution with the music. So check out Javier and his latest project as Hobo Kane. Uh, He's putting out the music and uh, still great Javier fashion, but just with a different name. He's branding himself differently, but uh, same great music. For, uh, for everyone in Nashville, you can see him there. You can see him touring, as well as uh, a number of shows that he puts together in St. Louis. Javier is just an amazing musician. I've known him a lot of years, and I've always been inspired by his songs. And uh, Benji, we talk about, um, about walk-up music for players, and I, I think Javier, some of his music is definitely good walk-up. So I hope you enjoyed the song that I, I put in for this, The Energy uh, of of Javier and I think that it's a fitting you know walk on type music or you know intro music to uh to this podcast with Benji and and I hope he enjoys that as well also want to thank American Mallard and you know American Mallard is a company that you probably haven't heard much about except here on this podcast uh Ricardo Hayes my good buddy has invented an ergonomic paintbrush that's all I can really tell you right now. But uh, it's something that, you know, things are in the works to put that out there. And uh, it's an exciting product, and I, I know you'll definitely like it. Um, Ricardo is just one of those guys that just comes up with great ideas and wants to uh, make the world easier and help out help out people who are, you know, who are working in the field of construction. He's done it for many years, and uh, I just know the wear and tear that it puts on his body. So that is why he has invented uh a new type of paintbrush. So that's all I'll tell you right now. And uh, stay tuned. Some things are in the works with that and uh, really excited. Also want to thank John Webster, John Webster Pen and Ink. Uh, he has, you know, speaking about baseball, he uh, has rendered a, a great, you know, just an amazing pen and ink uh, drawing, rendering uh, piece of amazing art of Bush Stadium. So that's out there. He's also available for commissions. Maybe at some point Benji would would like a pen and ink portrait of himself on the playing field or, uh, you know, just he's a great smile you'll see on Twitter or, you know, Facebook. You know, anytime he's talking, just, just great energy. And I think that would be amazing to have a, a nice John Webster pen and ink portrait of, of him. So, uh, you know, John's available for commissions. So reach out to him uh, or reach out, you know, you can reach out to me or reach out to him through John Webster penandink.com uh, I think I've said enough uh, listen to the conversation enjoy it uh, share it with everyone you can find out more about me kencalcaterra.com 
Uh, the site, uh, the show Conversations with Calcaterra is hosted on SoundCloud. Uh, follow me on social media. Follow Benji on social media. And he is uh, he's going to be uh, getting ready for uh, some Spanish broadcasting of Cardinals games. So for those of you Spanish speakers out there, check that out. Thanks again for everyone who has supported the show and listened. And here he is, the indomitable Benji Molina. So Benji, thank you so much for... Uh, and taking some time out and talking about your book and your life story and just, uh, you know, everything that you do. It's uh, it's really inspiring to follow you on Twitter and just your positive energy. And, uh, yeah, I've just, I'm just i a big fan. Oh, no, thank you for having me in the show, for sure. Um, I, I do that out of my heart. You know, I don't do it to get any publicity or, or anything like that. I really do it just for because I love to help and I want to help those kids that are needed and, I was one of those kids, you know, I want, um, I was one of those kids that needed help and a lot of people came to me and helped me. So I want to, I want to do the same. Yeah. I, I feel I'm kind of in that same boat. And so that's some of the things I do. I try to do the same thing as well. And it was funny. I, well, my nephew, first of all, my nephew's name is David Ham. He's an aspiring catcher, uh, playing some little league for a few years. And he wanted, uh, he wanted me to tell you that, uh, he's a big fan of your brother and the Cardinals. And uh, I think after he hears this conversation, he'll be a big fan of yours as well. So, <laughs> I hope so, right? That's what we're hoping. Definitely. He was a little young to see you play, but he's uh, he's enjoying uh, what your brother's doing on the field. Uh, he's a, he has a good, good great uh, role model, man. He's a, my brother has a great heart, and people know him for being tough and on the field because that's the way he is. That's the way he plays ball. That's the way my dad taught him how to play. But he has a he has a very nice heart. He's a very, very he's a very good person. He helps others. He doesn't care who you are. He will help you, you know. So uh, he's a, he has a great role model. Yeah, and that seems to be the story of your family with, with yourself and Jose and Yadier. Now, how much how much of a role did you play as a mentor to to Yadi and Jose as they were coming up in the big leagues, and just even in even in the minor well, leagues? Actually, and... Oh, actually, you have to you have to ask them that how much of a role model I was. But let me tell you, I I really had them in my I really had them in my mind all the time. Like like when I was growing up, my dad told me one day, just be careful what you do because there there's young guys behind you. They're, they're coming after you, and, and they want they, they will do whatever it takes to be like big brother. So you better be careful. And I took it really serious. I always tell my brothers, I say, hey, listen, I'm going to try to do my best on, on being an example. I don't want to be the wrong example. So I, I was very careful when, when drugs were around or when drinking was around. I never did it So because it wasn't because I didn't like it or not. I never tried it. But it was more because I don't want them following me. So well, that question goes more, more to them than, than to, uh, than to me because, but I, but yes, I, I got you. I, I really, really try to be a role model for them. And that I think goes along with when a lot of times when we talk about leadership in a clubhouse, you know, there's, there's, I guess the guys that take the active leadership role and then there's the guys that lead by example. Were you one of those guys that just led by example and what you did on the field, or were you outspoken as well? Uh, early in my career, I was 
trying to lead by example. I was trying to lead out there. I was trying to make sure that I like to play every single day, that I wanted to play every day, that I wanted to represent the jersey every single day. Uh, I, I took pride on playing for the team. I took a lot of pride on winning uh, and all that. But, but I, at the end of my career, like maybe the last three, four years, uh, yes, I, um, I took a... I took a little bit of a like a personal. I wanted to be, I wanted to be outspoken before I left the game, you know. So I I became outspoken after like later on. Right on. And what was like? What was your greatest moment as a player? Um, I I could tell you that last out in 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 Anaheim when that fly ball went up, and their nurse that caught the ball, we won the World Series. Uh, that was probably my best feeling of all, you know, like really really. Really, really great feeling, you know, when you win the whole thing. Definitely, and overall, you know, most most people that are playing are, I mean, from from what I hear, is they're not playing for the stats and everything, but playing for that championship and playing to do something as a team, as a collective group. Um, uh, and then that's something I think is what what your father taught you, and that's that's one of the the main things that I I love the book. And I really want people to know about the book who maybe maybe don't and, and read that and experience what I experienced. What, um, you, you know, how did it feel like, like winning that World Series as well as winning it with your uh, with your brother, Jose, on the team as well? Well, it, that was all full of emotions that day because my dad, in the same day we won Game 7, the same day he was being inducted into a baseball amateur Hall of Fame in Puerto Rico. So... Uh, there was a lot of emotions. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer. All of a sudden, I'm with my brother here trying to win a, a World Series, um, and we did together. So that day was so amazing uh, for the family and for everybody. My dad was really proud. My dad was a proud man, and he all, he was always about God, respect, and, and family. Uh, he was big on that, so I'm always we always try to follow that lead and and make sure that we do the same, you know, with other kids. But that was what the book was about. It was just a tribute to what everybody knows as the Molina brothers in the major leagues. Uh, this man, this dad that we had was our Hall of Famer, you know, was our was our dad, you know. That's what we love. We love this guy because of that. And he's our Hall of Fame. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. And it's pretty amazing that one, you know, this one man, not only, you know, three brothers who have all, you guys have uh, two World Series rings apiece um, at this point, and hopefully Yachty's going get to get a few more, but uh, it's pretty amazing. You have this one man that raised these three sons, all catchers, which is which is fascinating, and, but also all the other kids that he, he mentored and that learned from him on the field. I, I mean, who are some other notable players that – that most of the audience might know that, that your father had influence. So that was the main deal that people, that's why he's in the hall of fame, not only in the amateur baseball hall of fame, but he's in the little league hall of fame too. I didn't know if you know that, no, but I did not. people, people, most, most people don't know that. And why you think he went into the little league hall of fame? It's not because he had three sons in the major leagues. He had, he went to the hall of fame because he helped out. He helped out thousands and thousands of kids too, you know, older than us. 
Yeah, that's just amazing. This uh, this his dedication to to little league and and giving the kids the right lessons and and there's one story that you that you talk about in your in your book and Pudge Pudge Rodriguez is just uh, he's a newly inducted in the Hall of Fame. Uh, tell a little bit about that story of what happened with with Pudge and your dad's influence and how how that probably helped him you know throughout the major leagues and just I mean to get to the major leagues even. Yes, uh, you can talk to all those guys like Bernie Williams playing our league, uh, Jose Hernandez, Jose Valentin, Javier Valentin. Uh, there's so many kids that that got to the got to the major leagues without even counting the ones that didn't make it. That just became great people and became great great parents or became great husbands and and represented Puerto Rico instead of being a professional player they end up representing Puerto Rico, you know, in, in national teams and stuff, you know. And I know you had a story as well where at one point you weren't, um, you, you wanted to use a certain bat and you weren't listening to your father and he kind of, uh, he taught you an important <laughs> lesson there. Do you, can you talk about that story briefly? Oh, wow. I mean, that was that was my biggest uh, boo-boo, like you say, <laughs> when <laughs> you're a kid. I was my biggest, biggest ever boo-boo ever that I made. It was disrespect my dad. and uh, But I learned from that lesson. I wanted to hit with this bat that everybody was was using, but it was heavy. It was really heavy. So it wasn't for me. I was really skinny, really weak uh, batter. and, and uh, But I wanted to use it. He, he goes with the uniforms and he looks really cool. But uh, my dad kept saying, hey, use uh, – Use my uh, use the, your bat instead of using that brown one. That brown one is very very heavy for you. And he's uh, and so no, he, he said no 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 use yours. And so I ended up using uh, mine, but I was mad and I took three pitches and I looked at him and I said, hey, there's your bat right there. And and that was it, man. My mom <laughs> just grabbed me by the hair. Uh, my mom grabbed me by the hair and he she she beat me up pretty good and into the car, you say you never disrespect your dad again, not even one more time you'll ever do that, never. And so I got the point, you know, I got the, uh, but it was a great lesson. It was an outstanding lesson for me as a, as a baseball player, how, how to condemn myself, how, could, how, how to treat others uh, and things like that. You know, but it was a great lesson. Definitely. Now he, I mean, he was very serious. But did he also have have a lot of fun on the field with you guys? You know what? I think uh, I think the fun for him was after the games because we used to we used to play double headers uh, either on Sunday or Saturday. So after the after the games, I think it was very fun because we we stay at the field, we cooked uh, soup and or we did we cooked chicken or whatever it was just to hang out with us. You know what I mean? Hang out with the family and. Or we order pizza or whatever, and we stay there, and then uh, they drink the 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 grown men will drink beer, we play dominoes, and and we run around, and that's when it was fun for him. Uh, during the games, uh, you know, he was very strict. He, he was trying to let us know that baseball was a was a straightforward game. You cannot cheat. You cannot disrespect anybody towards baseball. So, but afterward, he, he had a lot of fun. Yeah, that's not that's great. And what did that field? What did it mean to him? That baseball field, that little league field that was across the street from from the house you grew up in. Oh, wow, that that field means the word to me. I just remember, he built it himself with a couple friends, and uh, I, he probably didn't even 
uh, had any ambition on, on me and Ozzy and Yari being our big leaguers at that time. He was just doing it for the whole community, you know, trying to be really, really nice to a community that needed a feel. And maybe that baseball field would keep the guys from drugs and keep the guys from from going away to uh, to bad things, you know. Instead, they go to the field. And, and it, worked. it worked out, man. It worked, it worked out great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, and, and that's just something that... Yeah, I encourage the listeners to, to read the book because you can really get that sensibility and just, you know, some, I don't want to give too much away because I want them to read it. And, and it's just an amazing story. But um, when did you decide to write the book? Um, when when he passed away, um, me and Joan, Joan Ryan, we, we decided to go forward with the help of my wife, uh, Jamie. So we decided to go forward. We decided to to say, hey, listen, my dad needs a tribute, and I know everybody gives us a standing ovation, but he is the one who deserves it. And we got together. Joan was writing my blog at the Giants at that time, and uh, so we, we decided to do this, you know? Yeah, that's great. I mean, what a, what a fitting tribute, and, um, yeah, just, just super amazing. And I had... Um, you know, I want to I want to throw out uh, give a, a plug to the podcast that you're on as well, Two Birds on the Bat. So I was fortunate to chat with you on that podcast, and uh, and just talk to you about just you know what that book, you know, just me reading it and, and how it felt to me. Just as as somebody that's doing a podcast and filmmaking and all that, it's just an inspiring piece. Whether you're a baseball player or just trying to be a great person, just being tenacious. And, uh, you know, just having integrity, never giving up, uh, just, yeah, just an important tribute to him and what he taught you. And, and one of the stories on the podcast that you had mentioned, yeah. and uh, we talked a little here, was, was when you were a child, you weren't a great ball player. And essentially what your pie did was he, um, he set up the team. So you had, you and some of the other boys who weren't great ball players had, had a team to play on. Uh, you know, talk a little bit about that and, and what that meant to you growing up. And and just, yeah, that's just amazing for him to do all that for you. I think that's why we made it to the big leagues is because he sacrificed his own to to make a team. For, first of all, for me, because I was the oldest guy. But after that, then, then he did Holdy and Yadi. But the first one was me. So for him to sacrifice that much and all of a sudden uh, – you know, go and make this team. I mean, it's amazing. It means the world to me. I'm always thankful and grateful for him, and I always will be. You know, so I think I, I, I think that the book is just a little bit of how how we are and a little bit of how we we feel uh, about my dad and uh, about our family. You know. And just looking at, and that's one of the the things. My nephew's baseball team. It was funny. I kind of I kind of liken them to the bad news bears, because it's a lot of kids who hadn't played. They jumped up to um, to a league that was a little more challenging, and they, and they started out because they had a couple twelve year olds. Most of them were, are eleven, and they were playing thirteen year olds, which was which was crazy. And I don't think the on paper it looked like maybe they were. Uh, you know, a little older, but uh, in reality, it was like these kids were, it seemed like the 13-year-olds were as tall as me, and my nephew and the kids that maybe some of the kids on his his team, maybe it was first-year players, second-year players, it was just, it was brutal, uh, but I think it was a good lesson. You have to, you have to be careful. Yeah. You have to be careful when you put, when you put kids to play older ages, 
Um, it could backfire on you. Uh, I think it's good because the kids will see better competition. Yeah, that's that's great and that's awesome. I respect that. But at the same time, if your kiddo is overmatched, just think about how embarrassing or how much of a of a letdown that will be. You know, he cannot hit. He doesn't feel like he's a good player. He can do nothing. Instead of being a, a, a great player in his own age, he's just battling with these old big boys. And, yeah, he's getting experience, but I, I'd rather him being successful and getting that confidence up uh, in his own age and being the man and the MVP and whatever you want to call it uh, than just struggling. We had that with one of my cousins. Yeah, and it was and it was one of those things that just kind of happened and until they start playing a few games, we realize, okay, this isn't good. And then they, they were able to move the team back to their age group. And yeah, at one point, you know, and I was, I was kind of giving them a pep talk and, and I was just like, okay, guys, you know, it's, you know, we have to deal with what we can, you know, these guys are a lot bigger and it's just, you know, do the best you can in this. And I said, yeah, this, some of these guys are just monsters. They're so big. And this one kid, this kid named Alex, oh, yeah. he can, said, he said, but why, then why are we playing them? And I was like, I know, buddy, let me, let's work on this. We'll try to figure it out. Yeah. And that's fine. I mean, that's great to, to build that strength, you know, fighting against a bigger opponents and stuff. I mean, that's great. But once in a while, not, let him let him be the let him have build up that confidence that they need for the next level, you know, on Definitely. their own age. Don't, yeah, don't don't run him out there. And and you know what? It, it, some guys can handle it. Some guys can really believe they can handle, it. and that's that's fine. But others can't, man, and it's gonna ruin them. Definitely, and that's what I was afraid of, and then that's why I kind of just. Uh, jumped in and start helping out. I mean, I don't really have a baseball background, but it was like, all right, let me do what I can so that they don't lose the love for the game. Um, and yeah, I didn't <laughs> want them to, yeah, get to that point. So yeah, it worked out. And then, um, you know, just looking at the fundamentals and trying to, to, to get them to a point. So it was, it was fun for me to kind of look at, I mean, somebody that was never good, uh, I played a couple of years in little league and then in high school, just did a couple camps uh, but never played. So for me, it was just something where I wanted to make sure that they had the skills that they needed and they didn't didn't lose their interest in playing. And uh, so so I just jumped in. And, and for somebody that didn't know it, it was just uh, kind of like with the Internet, watching some videos that you had, uh, it allowed me to learn a few things to kind of pass on to them. So that was, that was maybe hey, you... my pie moment. Yes, if you if you are very positive, and I learned this through my years with him, with my dad, if you're just positive, you don't even know how much how much higher you can reach with these kids. All being positive, like like my cousin had a, a three four four game one day, and that one that one that he didn't get a hit, he he struck out to end up the game, right? So all of a sudden, his dad is just just going off on him for the strikeout because he ended up the game. And and my aunt called me and he said, hey, you need to talk to this guy because he had three hits, two RBIs, and the dad is just yelling at him for the strikeout. I'm like, what? Yeah, they lost the game. That's, that's, that's okay. I understand. But he had three hits, bro. You know how much an opportunity that is to build up your son's confidence to for the next game? That's a huge opportunity that your dad you as a dad missed out you went half an hour right home yelling at him 
saying, oh, how bad he was on a strikeout, instead of just building up his confidence for the three hits and two RBI, he did. I mean, just going out of your way to be positive with these kids, the positive will get you far, far away with these kids, with the young kids. If you're negative and you keep bringing up the strikeout or, or the ground ball short or whatever, they're not going to go anywhere. They're going to get mad and they're going to throw your bat at your face and the <laughs> glove and say, hey, that, I'm done. I don't want to play it anymore. That's what's going to happen. So the positive thing Get you a long way, man. Always find the positive. Totally. And yeah, no, and that that's what what I did, you know, and I sometimes in my own life I'm a bit of a perfectionist, but with the kids I was just I was being super positive and just wanted them to to know that, all right, hey, here's some good things you're doing. And then like we would work on the things that uh needed to get worked on. But like if they started improving with their throws, you know, then I would point out, yeah, good good effort or you know, you're doing you know, you're, you're improving with the throws. You know, I, I would never typically say like, like, oh, you know, you're a great ball player, but it would be like, hey, great effort, great throw. You're making this improvement. And, and I think they appreciated that and they were, they were starting to grow from it. Um, but so, you yeah, know, there's, there's room to grow. And I, you know, I think my nephew is just really passionate. He, he, you know, he, he wants to be a catcher. And I think he's, you know, nowadays, I think there's a lot of distractions that kids have. So it's trying to get him get him to be a little more focused and to practice more. And, you know, that's a tough position. Yeah. And these days uh, there's more sports to play. There's a lot of fun out there, you know, like basketball and football and, and whatever, soccer or whatever it is. There's so many other opportunities that they, they can have. You just wish that he can stay in baseball and, and do his thing in baseball and think, but, Man, there's so many other sports out there, you know, and all you can do is keep it positive with him. Just encourage the kid, encourage him, be there for him, uh, never tire for him. So that's the only thing you should do, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely do that and just, you know, get out there and put in the time to help him out. But one thing I heard on one of the videos when you were you were helping some high school kids, I believe it was, uh, there's a video on your YouTube site. You were telling them that being a catcher is one of like the quickest ways to the major leagues. Why, why is that? <laughs> I think that was what my dad said, and that was because <laughs> at that moment, at that time, at that time when he said it, well, obviously the catcher, you know, is, is known for the defense. He didn't have to to hit that high of an average and things like that. So. But these days, man, you got to do it all. You got to be an athlete. You got to be a great catcher. And for being a good catcher, that's a good question because for me, if you ask me, you want to be one of the great ones, you have to be a great leader. And by being a leader, you have to, like like in games, you have to forget about what you've done, forget about your 0-4-4, forget about your 3-4-3, forget about your two-homer game, forget about the pitchers, whatever. You got to... You got to be a leader. If you want to be a good catcher, you have to be a leader. You have to talk to everybody. You have to encourage everybody to keep going hard. Let's go. And plus, if you want to be one of the best catchers, you got to care about your pitching and you got to care about winning games. So if you don't, if you don't have any of those uh, things, you might as well just stay home. Gotcha. No, that's good. That's good information that I can impart on my nephew and have him listen to this. Now, now, one thing I find interesting, so when we look at, like, Hall of Famers, so Pudge just got in the Hall of Fame. We look at all, all the great catchers. You know, Yachty is is one of those guys that, you know, has a shot, and his, his offense has gotten so much better. But when I look at it, and my thought as a fan, and, 
and someone that uh, you know just always always loved baseball and watching and 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 that. I'm not so much a stats guy, but when we look at stats, you know, the offensive stats are something that that they look at more so. But what about someone like you know catching Cy Young winners and like you know catching? I mean, that's so important. The, the better the catcher is, you know, the better the pitcher will be. I mean, is that something that is ever in the mix for like a Hall of Fame candidate? Like the the the, the guys that they caught, and you know, like the, if you you've caught like a bunch of Hall of Fame pictures, you know, does that play in like defense? Nah, no, not these days. I wish, and if you ask me, they they should. Yeah, if that's you my ask thought. me, yeah, of course, I, I'm I'm with you because the defense for me is number one, but uh, not these days. These days you have to have numbers. You have to have offensive numbers to get in, and that's it, you know? Even if you're the horrible catcher, um, like we got a couple, but, you know, if, even if you're a bad, you have, you're a bad catcher, if you get to 3,000 hits, you're going to be in the Hall of Fame, things like that. So uh, I don't think it, it works in these days. I wish, and I really do wish that the catching like that will get you in the Hall of Fame because I'm a defensive guy first, but not these days. These days you got to hit. Definitely. But you look at, I mean, looking at you, you've caught some amazing pitchers. Um, who, who was, who were some of the best pitchers that you ever caught? Well, my, my, uh, I caught a few. I caught, uh, um, I caught Roy Holiday. Um, wow. I, I, then after that, uh, AJ Burnett, uh, in Toronto. And then I went to San Francisco I cut the uh, links to come with the two Sions in a row. Uh, Mike Kane was awesome at that time. Uh, man, and then I went to Texas and I had Cliff Lee, uh, Derek Holen. Uh, I've been I've been fortunate enough Bartolo Colon in Anaheim when he won the Cy Young. Um, I caught quite a few Cy Youngs myself, man, but that ain't gonna get me anywhere. <laughs> Which is too bad. I mean, because what's the importance of you know, that strong battery, you know, in a game. Well, they tell you, they that's the first thing they say to you. Oh, you're my catcher. I want you for the defense. Okay, then I concentrate 150% on defense. But where is that going to get me? Other than winning games and, and make sure that the team is great, you know, we win the games and whatever. But where is that going to get me at the end? Uh, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. they wanted you, they to worry about the the defense but then in the end you got to hit because if you don't hit even if they told you you got to worry about defense if you don't hit somebody else is going to be half as good as you but he hits half better than you and he's going to be in and you're going to be out yeah yeah so i mean and that that's i mean i guess a tribute to you being the team player that you were and putting the team first and maybe one day you look at like in recent days you know they added in pitching categories like holds and quality starts and, you know, all these like new stats, maybe one day they'll, uh, they'll have that stat for a catcher. I mean, cause it's so important and like, just, you know, I don't know what that stat would be, but you know, maybe one day that's something that they'll incorporate into it to, to give you guys a little more credit for what you do. Well, I'm going to tell you one story real quick. I, I was in Anaheim and, and Lackey, uh, young Lackey, he used to throw a lot of pitches in the dirt. You know, he wants people to chase the core ball slider and stuff. And that day, I blocked 11 pitches. 11 pitches I blocked in the dirt. And we won 2-1. to one. I got the game-winning RBI. But I hit a ball up the middle with the bases loaded. 
that uh, it was no outs. Uh, Darren Erstadt, uh struck out. Vladimir Guerrero hit a pop-up, second out, and then I was the third guy. So I didn't, I didn't have a chance with, to do the job like they did, but I hit a ground ball over the second baseman's uh, uh, second base bag, and they threw me out at first base. So, and, and I, I got the game-winning RBI. I, I did I blocked like 11 balls to try to save the game. And all in the paper, what came out in the paper uh, the next day was how slow I was that I couldn't beat up a ground ball, a ground ball to second base, you know, like to the hole. Um, that's what came up in the paper. <laughs> that's, what I, that's, what, that, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, it doesn't matter how good you do it. The, the the bad is always going to come out on top. Yeah, of course. I mean, that seems like that's just kind of the media and everything uh, in those regards. But, uh, I mean, there's so much more to the story just right there. You know, 11, blocking 11 ground balls, just one or two, you know, I mean, uh, you know, balls in the dirt, um, you know, that could lose you the game, you know, easily wild pitches like that or, you know, ball that gets away. So it's, yeah, there's just so much. And I grew up, you know, Whitey Ball, Whitey Herzog, you know, the Cardinals, uh, you know, the the great defensive Cardinals that, that won a lot of games and that had, you know, went into the World Series because of that defense. They weren't the greatest hitting teams, but because of that defense, they were, you know, they were contenders. They were, you know, they were in the championship series. So it's, uh, yeah, so important, but I, I, I guess it doesn't have the sexiness of like the home run and, you know, what that offense does. Um, yeah, that's why I brought that's why I probably might never get a job as managing is because I would love to have my defenders. I would love to have guys hitting 280, uh, driving in 50, 60 RBIs a year, but they're always putting the ball in play, uh, hitting 280. I will, I would not like so much about a guy hitting 30 home runs and then hitting 190 or 210. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I will have those guys in this age, and this day, because that's what they do, that's what teams do these days. But, but as a manager, you don't, you wouldn't like that because you want guys to put the ball in play all the time, you know. Definitely, and I think that's one thing that, you know, Matt Carpenter, his you know his first few years, he was more that contact guy, getting like a lot of doubles. He ties Stan Musial and and maybe even it's. Uh, past him and like the amount of doubles in a season. And I think when he started hitting more for power, then he starts striking out more and it kind of changed his average. And I think it changed him a little bit as a ball player. I mean, this is my observation from someone who's not as knowledgeable. Yeah. Well, but, but he's still productive and he still got his RBIs and, and he still helps the team and, and all that, you know, the guys that, 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 you know, strike out so much, when they strike out so much and then they don't put the ball on play like a two ten hitter, um, it's 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 really really a waste of batter because really think about it, they got nothing, they got nothing to help out the team unless you hit it out or you struck out. Either way, you know, but you got nothing to help out the team with. Yeah, I want to get back to to the catching aspect, um, and that's just one thing. I mean, being that you know you hear. I mean, there's been a lot of brothers that have played, a lot of father-sons that have played in the major leagues. But I, I think you're like the first family, I mean, three catchers. I mean, why is that something that's rare to have three catchers from one family? 
Well, it's not rare. The thing is that, I mean, it's, it's rare because it hasn't happened. But what I mean by it's not rare is like you have a lot of brothers, but the same input into it. They all have to have to be uh, 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 dedicated. They all have to be, uh, you know, like like power. You know, like they have to want it. You know, all of them. And usually you have two that want it, one that doesn't want it, or something like that. So, but that's the main reason why we did it is because we we all of us. Uh, we're pulling for each other, and we battle our butts out there. You know, we did it. We wanted to make it. We wanted to be uh, very special. You know, we wanted to do it. We didn't care how, but we wanted to, you know. So that's that's the whole deal. Sometimes you don't have that in the family, you know. Yeah, totally. And catching wasn't your nat- natural position. You didn't really play catcher until you uh, start playing pro ball. Is that correct? Yeah, the guy, the scout, Ray Pointevic, saw me and he said, hey, uh, here's the catcher's mitt. Let me see how you throw the second. And at that time, I seen my brother's catch, but seriously, I never caught one inning in my life. I never knew how to catch. Uh, I can tell you right now, but my brothers, you know, my dad, you know, he's like, hey, man, don't be afraid. Just catch the ball, throw it fast you can to second base. Let's see what this guy has to do for you. And and I did good, you know, in the trial. I was throwing 1-8, one, one, uh, one nine. You know, uh, so I think uh, I think the guy liked it, and that's how my story started. You know, as a catcher. But then, then I have to go to rookie ball. I don't know how to catch. I broke my thumb uh, catching thumb because I don't know how to catch the ball, uh, catching a bullpen, and I play like that with a broken thumb until next year when I felt like like you know I felt like uh, I was uh, I was better. You know, so. Uh, but but I had to battle my my butt off in the minor leagues and I uh, learning the position, learning how to be a leader, and things like that. So, and when when you went to rookie ball, I know it was in the book. You talk about how it was a little bit of a stressful time. Uh, you had some homesickness, new position, uh, you know, a lot to learn. Uh, and and your father was really you know was really important. Uh, you know, just in you know, in your perseverance and just like really pushing you and, and encouraging you. I mean, how, how is that to have somebody that I guess has that understanding and, and gives you that, that extra push that you need? I mean, tell me a little bit about that. What was going on in, in your head when that was happening? It, it's, it's a very simple man that you need your parents support. Um, in, in this case, I have my two parents with me supporting me and giving me all that support needed on a long season. Uh, and, and I really, actually, you get three hits out of 10, you're going to miss out seven times and you feel a great player, uh, but you got to learn how to deal with that situation. So uh, I have my two parents, but for those that only have the mom or for those that only have the dad, I think it's really, really important to have the support of that one, you know? to have a full support of the family, your cousins, your uncles, and your grandpas and your grandmas and everybody, you know, that's, that's very, very important. Who knows, you know, not having, you know, Pi giving you that encouragement and giving you that push, I mean, what what would have happened? You know, where where would Benji be if, if Pi wasn't the guy that he was? Yeah, that's exactly right. So I got, I'm very grateful for that, and my mom was a big part of it, so... Uh, it's very important for all those parents that are listening. It's very important for you to give up, give um, very, very uh, your time and and sacrifice for your kids because it's gonna pay off. 
Definitely. And one question I had, a personal question was, I mean, just, uh, and, and this may be for like another, somebody out there, maybe a cousin or, a, or another uncle or somebody in, or yeah, mother or father, you know, what can someone with limited baseball experience do to help youngsters learn the game? Well, I think in, in, in truly in my heart, I think those people that most things they can do, it, it's, uh, it's being supportive and being positive with the kid, but also go and learn uh, the game. Like you said, go watch some YouTube, you watch some, some baseball from, from whatever, you know, just watch baseball, watch those documentaries about baseball and what it takes to, to be a winner and all that. So that's how you learn to, that's how you know what to tell your kids to, even if you don't even even play one inning of, of any professional sport, it doesn't mean that you can't, uh, you can go and help out, you know? Definitely. And I found that just helping my nephew with the drills over time, it was like improved. I mean, I was never good at throwing, but just some of those little drills and breaking it down that I had to learn to, to help him. It was like, it was amazing how just the improvement I had with playing catch and, and all that. So, I mean, that was kind of fun for me to, to now, you know, yeah, you got to <laughs> take pride of that. Too, you know, you got to take pride. Even if you didn't play, you have to take pride in, in helping others and helping your kids or helping a nephew or helping a, a grandson or a granddaughter. You have to take pride on doing it. If you don't have, you don't take that pride, everything's going to go, uh, you know, it's not going to go well. And, and it's, and it's great. Part of your story was, I mean, your, your father was so amazing in teaching you guys the game, but it was, it was your mother's influence and her being outspoken that, um, that really caught the attention of the scout or her, her pushing you out there, you know, talk about her role in, in the family and how her, her role in getting you into rookie ball. Oh, shoot. My mom was the best, man. And she's still the best. I, uh, she's more like, uh, she would tell you she's she's the manager of the family, man. She's the one that she's the one that keeps us together. She's the one that that, that keeps us going. Uh, she's very outspoken, like you said, man. She went to the scout and said, "Hey, I got another son. Do you want to see him?" Uh, she didn't even speak the language, you know. And for her in my life, if it wasn't for her, I don't have the career I have. Of course, I never signed, but. But that tells you how how big she was and you know how big she is in our life. Uh, my dad went to work very early, came out like at four, uh, when she had to stay at home with three kids and and raise them, you know. Uh, also raised with my dad, so that was four boys, you know. Yeah, so it's just important to to have that family unit. And uh, you know, one thing that I in doing my research, I had. Um, I had saw that, I guess it was 2014, the Cardinals were playing Toronto. And uh, at that point, Jose Okendo, who I grew up watching, and I just, yeah, that guy, the secret weapon, he was just, just an amazing, amazing guy for me to watch. Um, and he, uh, I guess him and Yachty were, come up with a practical joke where uh, they did something where, like, they put crackers on the base for, like, when... Uh, you know, on the plate for like, I don't know if it was when Jose was catching. Did you, and you saw that on, on TV. Were you watching that game? Yeah, I was watching. It was pretty funny, you know, and they, they know each other for a long time. They know how to joke with each other. Yeah. He's a joker. So, uh, it was pretty funny. Um, 
uh, obviously Jose took it the same way, and we know how to how to do that stuff. We know that you know, like we know those are jokes, and that's it, you know. Definitely. I mean, did you guys grow up? I mean, when you were growing up, were you all practical jokers? Yeah, we were we were joking with each other and all the time. So, and then we're you know, obviously we love each other like family too. So, it's all it's all really really you know, it wasn't in a mean way at all. It was just a lot of a lot of joke in there, you know. So we were joking and all the time. And do you have any notable practical jokes that you played on on either Jose or Yadi that you mind sharing? Oh man, I can't remember. No, I can't remember any um, scaring scaring them maybe, but not no nothing nothing I can think of right now. So oh no worries, no yeah I was I'm. I've never been a good practical joker because it always comes out like too serious or like it always backfires on me. So I kind of stay away from that. But I, you know, the scaring is something I did a few times and probably like a few too many. My mother, like I would scare her. And yeah, so probably not the best yeah. thing to do. But I think she overall appreciates it in the long run. But at the time, yeah, <laughs> she wasn't too happy with me. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> I always try to stay away from that, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, so looking back, you know, getting back into baseball, I mean, what does it mean for a player to hit the cycle? Um, it's it's actually the ultimate because not the ultimate other than winning the World Series, but but like the ultimate personal achievement. I think it's very nice that you can do it, especially for me because I'm one of the slowest guys ever so to play the game, and and for me to not have the five tools skills, and all of a sudden be one of those guys that hits for the cycle. It's so special, man. Really, really special. Yeah, definitely. And that's just one of those things that doesn't, uh, I mean, doesn't happen so much. Like the triple play, that I think is another play that is just, you know, you don't see that often. That is like a special opportunity to see in a game. Yeah, and we we know as a, as a being, being slow, obviously we're not very fast. And uh, we know that every time that, that situation happens, we, we can end up doing that. You know, we, we can, I mean, we understand that part just because we're not that fast. Uh, but, but, you know, we, it's part of the game and whatever happens, you know, it happens and you just had to take it, you know? Definitely. I, I think to me, I mean, personally, I think the triple is probably one of the most exciting, uh, plays in the game. I mean, as far as offense, uh, cause it's never guaranteed. And, you know, usually guys hustling and it's just, yeah, or, you know, the ball goes in the gap or it does something or goes into a corner. I mean, I just to, to me, I think it's pretty exciting personally. Yeah, triple is very – but it's also like it's more exciting for a slow guy, you know, oh, than, than it is for a, for a fast guy. A fast guy can make a, can make a triple out of everything, but a slow guy has to be perfect, you know. Yeah, so what were you feeling when you hit for the cycle and you had that triple? Um, you know what? It was a lot of um, excitement because, like I said, I'm not one of the fastest guys. And for me to go to books and 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 say that I did a a, a cycle, um, it's it's pretty pretty on top. You know, it's, it's it's something really cool for for me and and for the whole family. Yeah, definitely. I know. I, at one point, I I read something where when you were uh, hitting coach for the Cardinals, that. Uh, or Yachty was like mentioning something, joking about his running. Then you joined the team, 
and then like he was joking with you on your running a little bit. <laughs> you know, you have to be careful when you joke around the speed because uh, a lot of times uh, we take it personal, uh, and the reason is when you when you do so much on the field, when you so much hitting, uh, clutch hitting, uh, blocking everything, gold glove, platinum glove, silver slugger awards, uh, anything, anything, all-star games, two World Series champs, and all the only thing that you can see out of that person is that he doesn't run fast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's crazy. So when you bring, yeah, when you bring that up, it's a very very touchy uh, subject because you don't wanna you don't wanna you don't wanna do that. You know, you don't wanna be. You gotta be careful when what you do when you bring that up. You better make sure you understand everything that we do as a baseball player before you criticize that one thing that we don't that we don't do well. Yeah, definitely. And as a catcher, you're I mean, you're spending so much time on and, and that's something with with my nephew getting him used to just all that strength in your legs that you're expelling, you know, throughout the whole game. And it could be some long innings and it's just uh yeah, so that's just something that, you know, I'm I guess maybe I'm a little I mean, I'm not a catcher, but I, I guess I'm a little biased looking at that that kind of struggle and everything that that pitcher and catcher is doing out there and you know, all that energy and then yeah, yeah. So, so no, I agree with you there, and just like from somebody from the outside looking at that, and it is pretty amazing what what you have accomplished in your career with the Gold Gloves, and as we stated earlier, catching you know all these great pitchers and the all these Cy Youngs, and just something that most people aren't aren't looking at, or something that they're not necessarily going to give you credit for. So, I mean, I I commend you from someone that's a fan. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, what you've done, my friend, is super amazing, and it's yeah, I'm honored to be speaking with you about it. Yeah, it's just that people out there uh, sometimes they like to create controversy, and uh, on on the other on the other on the expense of the others, you know. Yeah, on definitely. expense of others, you have to be careful out there what you're doing, you know. Yeah, totally. And as a catcher, what what kind of drills do you recommend? So my nephew being 11, what kind of drills do you recommend for a catcher at that age? Um, well, I think uh, there's so many of them that you can do, and it's probably better to show than to say it. You know, you might understand better. But but there's so many, nothing nothing weight-related, a lot of running, a lot of, of, of push-ups, and uh, a lot of... Uh, repetition gotcha yeah yeah that's something that yeah i'll have to work with him on just repetitions and the strength training and and yeah he's he's at the point where he's uh he's really tall for his age he's growing so yeah sometimes i think i've when we get back to the running yeah he's he's kind of slow and i may have joked a few times and i'm glad you mentioned that because i need to uh, uh that's one thing i need to stay away from so yeah thank you for pointing that out yeah and you don't know how you know how you don't know how serious he might take it in his heart that you joke around the only thing that he doesn't do well instead of working with him and getting him better uh, for speed and all that. Instead of doing that, you're just making fun of his speed or or making jokes about it, you know. So it's a very touchy thing. Definitely. No, it's good Good to know. It's good to have that outside perspective. What uh, Looking back, what advice would you give yourself at, at the age of 11, you know, now, if you could go back and talk to your, you know, tell yourself something? 
Um, I would I would say that trust in the process and the process meaning meaning like you're just 11, you're just nine years old. You you have to keep working every single day and trust that everything uh, and trusting that you are going to be fine in, in five more years or six more years. If you keep working hard, you'll be just great. That's that's what I would I would say to a kid young like that, you know, no, to trust it and keep going with it. That's great advice. Now, is it, you know, looking at in this day and age, you know, a lot of people have their kids, that young kids in like three or four different leagues, you know, playing baseball all the time. Um, I mean, is that what's needed for an edge or do some kids progress maybe later? So say a kid that, so my nephew maybe not be the greatest now, but he's working hard. Uh, is that something where a kid maybe in high school can, can, you know, develop or that it clicks or do you have to be playing all the time to, 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 I guess, have a certain level of skill or success? Well, you, if you're by high school, you better be prepared by now because you can be drafted at any moment Gotcha. or you're going to go to college. Uh, a college or whatever, but uh, if you're a young kid, you got nothing to worry about just to keep playing. But remember this: when you go have, a, 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 you play one game, you might have three at bats, and in that three at bats, you might have two at bats that you're gonna swing the bat. Maybe you hit a foul ball. Maybe you do some some things like that. But you might not have the repetitions of hitting the ball hard uh, as as you would in the practice field. You know? So, yeah. You have to really, you have to know that stuff. You have to know that, yeah, the game gets you the game repetition, which is only three at-bats, but, but the practice, you can have 70 at-bats in one because you're practicing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. So practice is always better than games, uh, even though the games is obviously what people want. But they forget that if you play on Tuesday or Saturday, those games in between, those days in between, are the ones that are going to get you really, really good player. Definitely. And that's one thing I'll have to say. I'm super proud of my nephew because he, once he gets in there practicing, he, he's really enjoying it. And that's, you know, he's, he tells me he likes to practice. And uh, and once he sometimes, you know, some days he's, he's ah, I don't really, you know, I don't really feel it today. And it's like, come on, let's go. And we go to practice and he doesn't want to stop. So, I mean, that, that you know, I, my heart goes out to him for that, that he's he's tenacious in that element and that he's he's enjoying the that's practice. That's good, though, man. Yeah, that's great. The practice is what's going to make you a really good player. Yeah, so he'll enjoy hearing that. Um, so, so that's a good thing that I tell him. But, you know, sometimes with your – or we discuss. Sometimes, though, when it's your uncle that's discussing it with you, you know, you don't always believe it. But then you hear somebody like a Benji Molina – and then maybe he'll say, all right, okay, my uncle maybe knows a few things because Benji Molina said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're right, man. Sometimes it works that way. Sometimes, man, yeah, your family you maybe not trust as much uh, in some cases. But what, 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 is your, uh, what is your definition of success, and how has that maybe changed in like the past 10 years or since you've played? My what? My... Uh, definition of success what's your view of of being a uh, successful person in life i i think it's hard work uh somebody that gives everything uh in this case in sports for our jersey for their jersey uh somebody that's uh uh that's dedicated uh success it's a it's a word that is very tricky and you know 
um, all those things all put together, man, it's uh, it's it's what it means. It, it means hard work. You have to work hard for it. You have to be dedicated. So that's what when I talk about success, that's what I see. Definitely. And one great thing about your book, I'm not going to give this away because I want everyone to go read it, but you had a certain view of success for, for your dad. And then you realize later on, you know, that changed. And that's something that's very poignant in your book. It's just something that really, I mean, really moved me and just seeing that change and, and how, you know, he, this guy that had success in certain levels of baseball and like is a hall of famer, and, you know, never made it to the major leagues, but that wasn't really the point, um, you know, that you realize. So, you know, very, very important part of your book that I, I definitely people should read it to, to get that. It's amazing. I, I thought I really thought I was playing for him. I thought I was playing for his dream and I never realized that, like, you know, like you said, you know, I don't want to ruin the book for anybody that's listening, but but um, but. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that, and I'm glad that I, I got a chance to do that. You know, if you could pick a, if you could pick a song like in life. I mean, I know like it's important. So when, when players you know go up to bat, they have their songs, and I don't know how important that is for a player versus more for the fans. I, I guess I ask you that question: How that music that plays when you walk up to bat is does that get you pumped, or is that more for the fans? No, I think it's to get us going, to get us pumped up. Like, I was very careful picking my songs because I wanted a song that came to me, a song that hit my heart, a song that made me work harder, a song that got me locked in because I needed that. Because I'm, I'm going to, here I am facing a guy throwing a hundred. <laughs> I need this. Okay. So that's what I, I was picking my songs. Okay, so it is, all right. Yeah, I mean, I'm just in life. I, I love music, and it gets me pumped up in different things. Uh, what, were, what were some of your songs when you were playing? Um, I had uh, Roy Jones. I had Nelly at that time. It was pretty hot, man. And uh, and Number One and, and, and uh, Can, Can Be Touched was, was one that got me going pretty good. And uh, I had a few, you know. I had, uh, I had Neo. Singing, so it was. It, I got some good ones, man. Right on. What would your song be now for Benji Molina, the the mentor, the the coach? You know, the guy. This this guy with this energy. What song would you pick now to be the song to represent you? Oh, I'd be. That would be Mark Anthony when he sings uh, the song about my country, the song about my flag, the the song about Puerto Rico. That would be my song. That's fantastic. That's fine. And it was cool that you're, you know, having Yachty represent Puerto Rico this year and the success that they had. And, uh, you know, that was an exciting story as well. Yeah, that was pretty cool, man. That was, that was, a lot, that was exciting. And, and the country came together. Uh, it did, a, it did a great deal of good to, to the country of Puerto Rico, man. It got all everybody together on a, on a, on a country that's going through a tough, tough time. Yeah. That's amazing. That how, how sports can bring people together. Um, just, you know, people of different diversities, you know, bring a country together, people, different economic values, just, you know, rooting for that team and just like the emotions that we have that go along to it. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's, that's pretty amazing. But that's, this is what we're doing this things for, man. It's for our own people to get the world better, uh, make a world a better place, at least, at least do it little by little. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. And I have a few more questions for you. And Benji, I can't thank you enough for, you know, taking the time to just talk. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity. I really appreciate that. Um, you know, looking at that, one of my earliest memories is watching baseball. I think I was, it was 1982 Cardinals World Series. And I just remember how excited my dad was when they, you know, he was getting ready for work. He was working like a midnight shift and just, you know, hearing him, just, you know, he's like screaming at the TV and just, ah, and just going crazy when, you know, and that's what Jack, Jack Bucks go crazy folks. And, and my father surely was. So yeah, that was like an early moment for me that just realized for me how important baseball was to, to people. And I think that's probably the moment that I started paying more attention to baseball. Yeah. It, it takes little moments like that, you know, to make sure and realize how much you love a sport and, for you, it was that moment to to appreciate those guys and appreciate what they were going through. So that's that, but it takes so a lot of times it takes those those little moments that be so special. Definitely, and yeah, that's a moment I'll never forget. My father right now he's he's going through cancer and all that, and just you know looking and having that moment that'll be something that'll always be in my memory. And the fact that we're able to talk about that now is just you know makes me feel really good. So. Yeah, thank you for that. A um, couple more. Uh, in what ways, just to let uh, the people out there know, what um, what ways are you still involved in baseball? Um, I try to help out kids. I try to try to be a uh, help as much as I can. The high schools, the uh, the young kids, whenever I can, and so. But uh, uh, also, I, I do the broadcasting in Spanish for the Cardinals, and uh, once that thing gets rolling pretty big, we, we're going to try to go to schools and and make sure that we're we're involved in that, you know. And, and, you know, the more you can help out on kids, it's it's the better. Pi's example, your father's example, I mean, is that one of the reasons why you're, you're I mean, just seeing him, how, how many years he helped the kids out and he gave his life to helping kids, is, is that something that is yeah, really? Well, yeah, that's what, that's what we're looking for. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I want. I want to follow my dad's lead. I want to be a... I want to be just like him. I want to help out kids and make sure they get a better life later on as a human being or as a sports guy. So I want to, I want to help out. Yeah. And that's, that's amazing. And that's one of the reasons with helping my nephew, whether or not he, you know, plays baseball for two years or, you know, who, who knows, who knows what's going to happen there or golf. He plays, you know, he's pretty good golfer, but I, I, I think a lot of the lessons you can learn on the field are these important life lessons. You, you talk about it in the book, which is, which is wonderful, but like, there's so many, you know, the, the teamwork, um, perseverance, as we've talked about, um, just these building blocks on how to throw. I mean, I think translate to life because no matter what you do, there's always these building blocks. And if you, you know, if you kind of work, work, as you said, work the system or work through the drills, I mean, it can help us no matter what we do. So I find that to be an amazing part of the process. Yes, sir. Yeah, one last question. It's more, I guess, more of a spiritual question. I mean, just describe, I mean, you have, we have these foul lines that, you know, you have everything outside of the field. And then within these foul lines, you know, we have the field that we play on. And your your father, you know, I'll let them read the book to know, his life and, and what, um, kind of, you know, when he passed, you know, where, where it was and everything, I mean, on the field, which was important to him, but I guess from like a spiritual perspective, what does that place between those file, file lines mean to you on like a deeper level? 
Well, I, I think it's uh it's like for most people what church means to them, you know. Uh what what church means to them is probably what it meant to him and it meant church, it meant everything to him, being on those lines and, and that's why he was he was trying to teach us that way that that to follow God and Jesus and then all of a sudden uh you have to be really lovely with your you gotta love your family and then also, you have to have respect, you know, all those three things, you know, he always followed us. So I think in between the lines, it was for him, it was like being in church, you know. Yeah, that's fantastic. And just all the great feelings and all the lessons you've learned. And and you did a great job, Benji, you know, putting it in the book. And that was such an amazing tribute to, to a great man. So I really appreciate being able to read it and you sharing that with me as well as the rest of the world. So I, I cannot thank you enough for that. No, no, thank you, man. Thanks. You know, and it's great to, to, for you to have me in your show and thank you so much, man. You're welcome, Benji. Uh, much love to you and, uh, and we'll put it out there and, and we'll get more people to helping kids and, and doing the great things that, uh, that your father has, has taught us. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Okay. You're welcome, Benji. Thanks, bud. You got it. Thank you very much.